I gotta release my business. <laughs> Have you seen my business? Well, you're about to. Coming to you from Beer Snob City, it's Beer Plus Three, where we attempt to enlighten the world one beer at a time. With me today is the reason we all believe in God, the man who separates the beast from bestiality, our trigger man himself, Mike Zamora. Hello there. Also, a person whose love for powdered cheese surpasses even Chester Cheetah, and his twice as cool. Joining us from his newest circle of hell, Windows 10, is Rick Anderson. Greetings, loyal subjects. <laughs> it's Friday, July 31st, 2015, and we are Beer Plus 3. We are. We are. Fuck Windows 10. We're Fuck Windows 10. <laughs> That's Fuck what Win- I keep hearing, like, <laughs> all over the internet just popping up. Fucking Windows 10. Fucking Windows 10. God, oh, shit. Windows 10 sucks. They're spying on us. They're trying to rule the world. Well, I, the latest complaint I heard is that it's, uh, you know, and I, I, I put this on Facebook, uh, the whole, uh, the, a lot of the programs have ads in them now, and you have to pay to unlock yeah. features and stuff. So, I don't know if it's like. Yeah, it's pay as you go, uh, you know, fucking OS. Come yeah. on, guys. If you're going to sell out, do it a little bit better than your iPhone. <laughs> Yeah, have either you? Neither of you have upgraded any oh. of your machines. I'll let, Rick, I'll let Rick find the swill. Um, I don't think oh, this oh, is oh, upgraded okay. yet. My and I'm using my only Windows 8.1 machine right now. Yeah. Uh, my wife has hers, but she's in Mexico, so maybe Windows is is. Uh, well, I did, I did my doesn't da- speak Spanish. I, I did did my damnedest to upgrade yesterday because I have a new computer at work that I was building for myself. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to skip eight altogether, go straight to ten. So put the disk in; it won't fucking install. It won't work. <laughs> I tried five different times. It just I've actually fails. heard that. Yeah, I've, I, I read a blurb on it. At and some and point. the stupid ass shit is is I had built the same machine, gave it to somebody else, and they they went put ten on it right away. Had no problems. So I'm like, same exact computer, same hardware, and the fucking thing won't install. Yeah. How retarded is this? Exact same hardware. Exact same hardware. That's yeah. Funny. Well, that's even even if I was a Windows user, I would be holding off because the early adopting thing with any operating system is usually Anything, a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, you're just asking for, like Mason's been bothering me about upgrading to, and I was like, you're you know you can expect a good number of your programs to stop working correctly or to start crashing. It's just the early, you know, the early version with any software is going to be buggy. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and you're, you're you know I've already looking at doing it on the home computer, and and uh, the first thing I notice is yeah the network adapter is going to die. So okay, so I install it, and then I've got a dead network adapter, and I'm stuck right there because you know I don't have I don't I don't have a cable or anything. I can plug in them all the way at the other side of the house. So if yeah. the wireless doesn't work, I'm fucked. So. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck Windows 10 is all I have to say about I, I have it this to say, week. Maybe at, next week I change my story. Even this as week, a, as a Mac user, the stuff I'm reading about it sounds pretty pretty good. I mean, especially with the move away from the Windows 8 interface with the tiles and everything. Oh, they're better. getting rid of that? They're making it an optional thing, I believe, and they're also oh, building it partly into the, into the start menu. So you can click the start menu, you'll see your start menu, and then I guess there's like tiles over to the side that show up. So you can ignore Somebody's it finally thinking. Yeah, I know. Somebody's to me that seems like a good idea or a good thing and it looks like Microsoft is actually listening. I think to I think the customers. developers got a little overexcited about our touch technology and yes. then they just went, yeah. "Wow, this is so awesome." And then somebody tried to use their actual laptop and went, ah. <laughs> "Wow." 
Man, so, ooh, this we just good. poured. This swill can go the way of those tiles, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Man, what a decisive beer. You're either going to love this one or hate it. Oh, I, I love it. hate it. I like it. I Man, like it's it. like eating a box of cereal. So we're, what we're drinking for the listeners is a it's like ten barrel a box of cereal. It's ten. so sweet. It tastes like they added sugar to it. <laughs> Maybe they did. This is that ten barrel brewing swill um, with a twist yep. of lemon. An American rattler with a lemon twist. Yeah, with a lemon twist. Beer with natural lemon um, flavor added. You really don't like it? No, I love it, man. This I, th- I think this is like First one time of my favorite beers. I mean, this is a solid three for me. I'm, we had it I'd what be. episode three or four, someplace mm-hmm. towards the very beginning, maybe um, seven. No, because it came out during the summer, so it was ten. Yeah. A little bit yeah. episode yeah. ten. I remember that because it was the one we recorded at Maggie's yeah. with the uh, with the uh, uh, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yet to come back on. He must love us that much. <laughs> we, we, uh, in his defense, we haven't invited him exactly yeah. either. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I hated it then. I hate it just as much today. Oh, wow. I thought you liked it. I thought that was one of the unanimous I things. Know, you know, the, the one thing I loved about this is the fact that you loved it, Rick. And I was just trying to support you and your happiness. So I loved it because you loved it. But Aww, on a so personal much. level, if you weren't around, I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> Do you think I have such a frail ego that I can't handle you hating something that I like? <laughs> Don't try it though. Don't no. do it. Yeah, yeah do it. It. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want anything to be Stop rocky on our him. on our sixth anniversary. Oh, that's right. We've been Facebook friends for six years now. Well, six years in a day. Right? You're right. Six I'm counting the days. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Um, that well, you made me a delicious waffle. I mean, right. I was expecting it to be heart shaped, but you know, I understand. My waffle iron doesn't do that. Sorry, and I, I lack the waffle making skills to pull off a heart shaped waffle. So apologize. Oh, well, maybe next time you try, I'll, just I'll, try a little bit. <laughs> hey, those waffles were. I'll, amazing. Get, I'll get some of those little heart shaped sprinkles and put it on there. Next there you time. go. That that will suffice. So prior to this, we had the Backwoods Brewing Company Copper Line Amber Ale. What'd you guys think of that? I dug it. I thought you know yeah. it was a real solid beer. I didn't like it as much as I like the swell. <laughs> but it is good. I liked it a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. It, it, you know, it's not a style of beer that we normally gravitate to, as it's just kind of a plain ale. Yeah. What, what they call it a blonde ale. So, hmm. um, you know, it doesn't have a lot that stands out yet. It's you know, it's still pretty good. It's to be a really good hot weather beer, and I think we're in for some hot weather today. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, for me. I always, whenever I see a light colored beer in my glass, I get I prepare myself for the worst. So when you know, I tasted that, and it was actually pretty damn good. Wasn't I'm I'm enjoying the swill. Me too. And if you'd like to pour it in here, nah, I want to drink it, man. Because that that <laughs> stuff you brought last time was fucking foul. I do think this is sweeter than the stuff we had last year, though. I, well, I'll agree with you. On it's that. with lemon this year. Yeah, I was oh. going to say they, they need to go a little more grapefruity next time. This is maybe the, a little. The bit. lemon flavoring is doesn't make it yeah. that great. I mean, it's still a decent beer, and it's still at least a beer, and not yeah. whatever the hell we had. It last does. Time. It does taste. More like I'm drinking a soda with a little bit of alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, ha- having been to the the ten barrel pub and seeing how popular they were, and the fact that there was a lineup and you couldn't park in the neighborhood, well, because it was that busy, mm-hmm. um, I can understand why they'd make a beer like that. You know, they did a really good. I think uh, I, I don't know about this year, but last year their mar- marketing was just brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. they did all kinds of cool stuff, like taking the you know an uh, uh, an old soda machine and putting their own stuff on it and putting it out in oh. like a park somewhere yeah. and asking people to come and taste it. And That's you know, it, it was very cool. They did a great job you know you got to give kudos to these guys marketing sometimes is is some of the most brilliant parts of uh, a company at times and it makes yeah. it often makes or breaks a, a, a whatever it is a brewery or a store or whatever 
What also might make or break them is the fact that um, I believe these are uh, on the They're list of sellouts, right? Yes, they, yeah. they are. They are. <laughs> they are owned by Anheuser Busch. Yeah. Yes. I don't mind that. I know uh, uh, our friend Jeff Miller had a very negative reaction to to one. <laughs> he was a very passionate <laughs> person, it. you know. Anytime, yeah. anytime you bring up anything he hates, he's going to let you know he hates it <laughs> in a very loud manner. He's, he's going to tell you in caps how much he hates it. I see. <laughs> I know he even uh, repeated what I posted on our website because uh, I I was just walking around the building yesterday morning and I saw the giant Bud Light truck and I was oh. like, you know what? Wow, that's a whole big truck full of uh, you know white trash date rape. We <laughs> so and then I went, oh god, that's a terrible thing to say, Jeff. No, and then I not. went, yeah, fuck okay. Budweiser. I know, I know <laughs> that we that a, a truck with exactly that same you know, like the big blue Bud Light thing on the side parks. Uh, behind the building where I work every week, like once a week, it's there in the alley when I show up for work. It's like they're delivering to one of the restaurants there. No, he's just getting the back masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his mirror angle just right so he can see into your office. He has a uh, he has a I like to jerk off behind newspaper buildings fetish. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that's a fetish. But uh, I just I keep every time I see that I just want somebody to to take my phone and take a picture of me standing next to it holding my middle finger up to the thing. At some point I'll do it, but I need to find a passerby who doesn't look like they'll run off with my phone if I ask them to do it. So <laughs> you are in an alley behind a building, mm-hmm. so there is that. Yeah, and there are very few people back there that don't look like they would take my phone in a heartbeat if I <laughs> if I were to do it. <laughs> I'll have to find a little old. Well, lady. on Monday, <laughs> let me know. I'll drive down and we'll get that picture. Okay, good. That's uh, that's my dream to be photographed flipping off the the Bud, Bud, Light, Bud Light truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I like swill. It goes down easy. I do too. Yep. Um, must admit this uh, uh, Copperline Amber is good beer. Yeah. I'm not usually a fond of amber. In fact, I had kind of an amber ale yesterday. From uh, I went down and played poker with my uncle and uh, uh, and all those old folks. I think everyone out. Is my elder by at least twenty years, um, but uh, so I was surrounded by old men yesterday. You but play, um, so how many how many guys do you play poker with? Um, like last week it was probably five of us, maybe six. This yeah. week it was like ten or eleven. So what's your ratio of wins to losses? Um, yesterday, uh, last week I did really well. I yeah. came out ahead last week, and then this week I came back, and uh, and this is just penny ante poker. We're talking two cent ante oh, and yeah. five cent max. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. It's not. We're not rich kids. You're not throwing down the deed to the house. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. I'm not going. Ah, here's a pint of my daughter's blood, um, <laughs> uh, or anything like that. But uh, like yesterday was awesome. I just was winning. I couldn't stop winning um, for the first like hour or two, and I just my jar just filled up of pennies, man. Yeah. It was just. I did great. I must have gotten out of that table with maybe you know three times what I had. And uh, so then had- I went to the other table and just lost my fucking ass. <laughs> just could not hit a goddamn. It seems the more people you play with, the less luck Jeff has. <laughs> so you got up and walked away from the first table with dollars. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I could just see him like walk, strutting away from the table with his pockets full of pennies. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but uh, uh, no. Yesterday, before I went there, I uh, I made the conscious decision to stop at uh, Skagit River Brewery. 
Yeah. And got a couple of their uh, um, beers. I got their Amber, which uh, they called it a farm to market. I'm not sure whether they think it was a farmhouse ale or not, but it wasn't. It was definitely an Amber ale, which it was good. It was solid. It wasn't something I would uh, go out of my way to find. But they, I also tried their uh, their pale ale, and I can't remember what exactly what it's called, but it was really, really goddamn good. Mm-hmm. They, they made a great pale ale. Where was this again? Skagit River Brewing. Oh, okay. Right, right. So In uh, Mount Vernon, Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, uh, they have no fucking parking. The place was packed, but they have no parking. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Drove around in circles for like no 10 parking. minutes trying to find parking in Mount fucking Vernon. I was just going to say. And in 10 funny. minutes, you could drive around Mount Vernon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially Old Town, man. Mount Vernon, though, is really, I mean, we're kind of giving the, giving the place a little bit of shit here, but it's a kind of cool looking place when you get out of the car and just kind of walk around their downtown area. It's like a... Oh, you mean older, Old Town? Yeah, yeah like old a lot of older really buildings nice. and yeah. stuff. I love that. I, I actually like getting out there and just kind of wandering around. Deanna and I have done it oh, a few yeah. times and it's... Uh, they have like a lot of old shops and stuff. Linden used to be like that, but it's kind of changed. Linden was never like that. Oh, it was a little bit like that main road, man. Yeah, a little bit, but you still got the Stepford vibe out of the whole place. Right. It and it, it. By the time your foot hit the ground coming out of that car, you got the fucking Satan vibe coming at you. <laughs> They're like ten years from having signs says no brown people in Linden. So, <laughs> sorry, Linden, but Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, that's just uh, yeah. I they do. just want to keep the neighborhood clean. Ooh. <laughs> wrong, sir. You are wrong. I know that place creeps me out a little bit. It does, and uh, you know, I heard that thing about how they have the laws about your lawns, about, about your lawn having Sunday. to be maintained. Yeah, and you can't mow on Sunday. And I've always thought that was just be it. Well, also they have laws about how you have to maintain the look of your lawn, and it has to be cut to a certain. They length. also won't sell liquor on Sundays either. Yeah, liquor, man, that beer. place is just like stepping back in time. But you go down like any other streets and stuff, and you start looking at the yard. It's like stepping it's like... south of the Mason Dixon line. That's yeah. exactly what it's fucking like. <laughs> If they could, they'd be a dry county unto themselves. Yeah, and it's but creepy. It's, the, 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 it's the one thing that creeps me out the most about places like Linden is is when you have more churches than you have people to fill them in your town. Right. There's probably something wrong, very very wrong. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that that statistic that I've heard many times and and found out relatively recently that it was true, which is that they have one of the highest um, unplanned pregnancy <laughs> rates. <laughs> In America, I mean, it's just the, that little town per per person. They have an outrageous. Do you think they have a, a comprehensive sex education program in their schools? Really? Oh, I'm sure that they talk about you know what Jesus says you should yeah, do. Yeah. So he, yeah. he rode a Tyrannosaurus and uh, um, killed brown people because <laughs> they were while, while masturbating and well, taught you well, to well, stop. Mas- no. Yeah, no, no, he taught you to stop touching, while stopping that other people from masturbating <laughs> on his Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Dang it, I got that story wrong. Yeah. I know I've been doing something wrong all my life. <laughs> it's like that scene Grab from the Jurassic bit. Park sequel right. where the kid's in his room. Copper line, and, uh, I apologize. And the dinosaur walks, goes past his window. Except what? it's Jesus. It's Jesus on the dinosaur, and he peeks his head in the window and goes, Stop it. <laughs> what is this? I was talking about, you know the scene in the Jurassic Park sequel where the kid's in his bedroom and he sees the, sees the dinosaur walk past his bedroom yeah. window? That's what I was just thinking, you know, the kid, we're t- saying Jesus is riding a dinosaur, telling <laughs> yeah. people to stop masturbating. It's just Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, That'd be a great bit. Stop touching that. It'd be a, it was going to be a good skit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of movies, you've been on a movie I've, binge I've, lately. I've watched a total of 20 movies yeah. in the last two weeks. He's got one more week till he leaves to Mexico. So what number are we going to hit oh before my he goes? God. How many have you watched? How many? 20, 20 total? 20, 20 or 21, I think. Holy crap. So, no, I, I burned through, uh, I watched, after uh, last week's episode, yeah. um, uh, before Saturday, I started watching uh, Enter the Void. 
um, which was actually a really good movie. I think it was a little over the top and way too long, but yeah. I think the subject matter was kind of interesting. It was fun, and the way it was filmed was really cool. Yeah. Basically, a guy dies, and then you follow him. You know how they always say that uh, your life flashes before your eyes, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. He was kind of experiencing that, but in a kind of a... Uh, time dilution so because you know how our memories and time don't really mesh up yeah. a lot of the times oh yeah and so he yeah. was kind of remembering things and then relating those things to other things even though they seem unrelated and it was it was very interesting the way he was he was visualizing all these things parts of his life and he was it was all filmed from behind the back of his head so it was all filmed over his shoulder oh weird because that's how he's seeing his yeah. life yeah. not from inside himself but from outside the whole himself. The whole movie is, or just the, that practically part? the entire film is. Wow, I had I had many complaints about the film, but overall, I think it's really uh, uh, <laughs> visually it was beautiful. It was it just amazing film. I thought it was a little odd that any woman that had a speaking part in it went naked at some point within it, but. <laughs> That's I wish that was my life. <laughs> Every woman that speaks to you, just her clothes just evaporate. Yep. Yeah. That'd be a happy but uh, entering the void, I mean, I, I would give it like four stars. I really liked it. I did really like it. But uh, of all the seven movies that I've watched in the last week, uh, like I said, same time next year, rose to the top, five stars. What an amazing film. Yeah, I really forget how much I love the theater yeah. and watching a film that, um, and I didn't even realize it was a theater production and I was about 20 minutes in. I'm like, this is a play. It's on the same set. I, I, it doesn't I, I know. Two people Dialogue. fill the whole movie. There's no. only two people in the oh, whole fucking yeah. movie, and it's the same set over and over again. I'm like, oh, this is a play. Isn't that funny? They used to, that used to be a real common practice to take a to take a stage play and turn it into a movie. Oh, yeah, because but they didn't like know how to write movies. They didn't know how to make movies. Yeah, so they don't back do in the anymore. 30s, 40s, and 50s, mm-hmm. that's what they did. They like still the, don't know how to make movies. Now they, they, now they rip off TV, right? Instead of plays, yeah, they yeah, rip yeah. off TV. Yeah. <laughs> TV, well, comic books, and books. Yeah. Books have always been ripped off. The Alfred Hitchcock movie, Rope? That was, that oh. was a play, right? Uh, no, no. He just filmed it that way. He filmed oh, well, it no all kidding. in one set. He filmed it all in one go. Oh, interesting. And oh, what is, it's an amazing play. film. Yeah, and yeah, the I've way he films it is perfect. The actors are, are, are amazing. That is one of those movies that, uh, yeah, it was kind of an experiment for him. And he, well, it was all he done filmed. in two shots, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, but put together to look like one shot. Because he's, apparently he's got like a, I didn't catch it when I was watching, but he's got a, a moment where somebody walks past the camera and completely blacks it out for just a split second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his cut. And yeah. then, you know, so you, what you see is somebody walk past the camera and then it continues. But yeah, like, he did all of it in like flowing scenes. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just absolutely cool. amazing. Anyway, amazing film. what you were talking about. <clears throat> but same time next year is, is much like that. And I like the, the little cuts of, of what happens in the meantime. It's usually, I think they go every like, they start in 1951 when they meet mm-hmm. these, this couple. Well, they're not a couple, they're married to other people, but they, they meet and, uh, they uh, start a relationship, multi and, multi-decade affair. Yeah, we're talking twenty-five years, pretty much, uh, oh. from nineteen fifty-one, and then the last one's nineteen seventy-seven or so seventy-eight. The movie, does the movie just keep? So yeah, it keeps coming back every the... four, five, or six years. Oh, oh, that's interesting. And uh, they meet every year. Yeah. Once a year is all they see each other, and and they they uh, their big thing is talking about their spouses and like one good thing and one bad thing about their spouse, and then they they kind of have lots of sex from there. But um, the 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 sex is touched a lot, of course, but their their conversations and their relationship is it, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's it's an amazing movie. I suggest anybody. And Mike is right. Absolutely, go watch it. It's. Uh, uh, the 1978 film adaptation is directed by Robert Mulligan, uh, TV and, and movie director of the time. 
uh, starring Ellen Burstyn and Alan Alda, and and they do an amazing job. And I always forget how how ridiculous and wonderful Alan Alda is. But uh, I, I I always forget how much I actually like Alan Alda. He's just what, got a chemistry on the screen. He does. He just has this weird thing where like, you're such a silly man, but I like you. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he is he is amazing, and Ellen Burstyn is is, is as always amazing. She is amazing, and I, I've and as I mentioned before the podcast, it's so funny to see her that young because I'm so used to her in the seventy late seventies, eighties, and nineties being an older lady, right? And always playing the mom or the grandma or the, the the grumpy aunt or whatever. You know, I'm so used to her playing that, and then seeing her play this this vibrant young woman, it was just yeah, it was amazing. And it's a great platform, right? Like for watching uh, characterizations, right? And Rick might not even be into this. Well, kind of stage movie. productions always are. It's be- all yeah, about characters. Y- you know the way they develop the story over those 25 years and you get to, uh, you get these five minute clips and you get to see the development within the character and then to span that over the decades and then plus you see the growth in their relationships and the ebbs and flows well, it's not i don't it's even think a, it's so much their relationships as much as it is themselves how much they grow and uh because of not only one another but they're also their spouses uh-huh yeah. Yeah, it's just a, an excellent envelope for it. You know, I mean, what, what, I can't think of a better way to tell that kind of story than to bring these two people together, and then have them mix, shake them, put them in a, a blender, and shake them up. And uh, you know, that's the only way I could see this type of story happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, uh, what I got from this film, and 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 I've, I was already a believer of it, and it doesn't necessarily even have to do with uh, uh, lovers or or anyone like that. Um, you don't necessarily have to have any kind of sexual relationship, but I, how much we need other people to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's what he needed. He lived, they both lived in an envelope. And when we have a family like we all do, you live in this envelope. You live in this tiny little bubble of a world. Mm-hmm. And, and outside of that, there's things going on. And, and when you're stuck in those little bubbles, it's really hard for you to personally grow. Hmm. And that's really what kind of for me hit home is they both were able to personally grow because they met this other person, hmm. and it, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful relationship. And, and I know I've had that relationship, whether it was whether it was a, a an intimate relationship or a, just a simple friendship. And so I don't want any. I haven't seen this movie. So yeah, and I'm not going to give everything away. It's yeah, not one of those movies I'm where you kinda, give things away. It I mean, sounds like it doesn't have a very judgmental tone about what they're doing. It's just more about. Uh, no, but I love their the, the how their guilt manifests. Yeah, and stuff. It's okay. it's absolutely beautiful okay. and, and funny cool. and poignant. And it it, it is. I could see is. a movie like that being ruined for me if somehow toward the end it be it became kind of a like passing judgment on these two people for what. No, they're absolutely doing. no. No, the 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 playwright he only wrote. Um, Three plays, and then he made all three of them into movies. This yeah. was the only one that really went far. Yeah. Um, but uh, it seems uh, all the plays he wrote were kind of uh, kind of along the same lines a little bit. So I mean, he, I did, I do want to see one of his other films, and I can't remember what it's called right now. But, um, but no, it's it's not one of those movies that judges. It's it's one of those things that it's a character development and and. A character study, and it, it's just right. interpersonal relationship it's happening in front like, of you. Like, like they don't end up at the end jumping off the top of a building yeah. together. Because it's not Thelma and okay. fucking Louise. Yeah, even though that's an awesome <laughs> movie. Don't get me wrong. It, it, you know, and it's actually rather mature given the decade in which it was written. Yeah, how is that? I, what world do you come from? How well, is that? What do you mean mature? Mature, like the way they handled the relationship without being judgmental. You never, never mind the fact that this was the seventies and. Cheating and open 70s, relationships. 
were commonplace. This is the whole thing about yeah, tea parties but... and and the, the drug thing. I mean, the seventies was was the time when um, the uh, right after the hippies had just shaken shit up in our society up. That uh, the seventies was basically the the go ahead to do whatever the fuck people want. Yeah, but but movies. You're talking about the re- reality, but movies. Yes, there are reflected in There's movies. no shortage of movies that are kind of judgy or judgmental. About oh, absolutely. Kind of There's so no shortage of movies, books, television shows, whatever it is. But yeah. <laughs> but I think. Um, there has always been that underlying, and especially when you're dealing with something, uh, especially plays. Yeah, plays have never gone along with like the populist movie kind of genre. Right, you, right. You, those have plays have always been there, and they uh, often have challenged society and the way people think, and presented characters in a way that you know is is a, a big challenge to the said society that it came out in. Right. So I. To me, I'm I'm like no. The '70s was uh, really where people got to come out and got to to be. Um, I mean, at the time this movie came out, the time the play came out was 1975. The movie came out in '78. In '75, I mean, uh, that was the start of you know glam rock and Bowie, and and we're starting to see these these men practically cross dressing on stage. I mean, this is this is like out. The '70s were out there, man. Right. Uh, but what I guess what I was getting at is. If they were to make that movie today, and especially 10 years ago, you know the studio would have been involved in that final edit. Oh, yeah. And they would have found a way to fuck that yeah. story. Well, that's why, that's that's why exactly. the 70s were a good, so good for film, and that's why it started going downhill in the 80s. Is because that's how, the corporation that's, started taking control, and these dumb assholes who, don't know, or who aren't the artists are making decisions yeah. on the artistry. It was Reagan. Let's be honest. It was Reagan. fucking Reagan. <laughs> fucking Reagan. But, he was uh, instrumental in... No, uh, you Re- know. Reagan was a symptom. It was society. Let's not blame one guy for society's idiotic behavior. We, but, can, um, we can blame some of his administration that's on true. the uh, he recessions he that we've uh, been through oh, uh, in the yeah. last I'm, 20 I'm years. I'm just talking so. about the social attitudes. That was a, He was a symptom of that. But um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, don't, I hate movies that, that where by the end of it you're getting the sense that the author is actually trying to get their own point of view or their own sort of opinion into you know it's like just show me the characters show me what no. happens tell me what what happens to them or how they grow or what happens you know the mm-hmm. i'm not interested in your fucking opinion about well it's it's i i hate that when when i encounter a story or a movie or anything in any medium where i feel like mm-hmm. the I'm, I'm getting lectured or something so that's what when i hear a movie about two people having an affair no, it's amazing i think, I think okay so, um, definitely put it on your list. Put it at the top of your list. It's it's a beautiful movie. Sit down. I don't know about. I, I thought about that. Well, I should sit down with my wife and watch it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> why? What did I miss here? <laughs> but well, no, it's two people cheating on their spouses. So I mean, it, it could be taken as the wrong way instead of looking at it. And I know my wife very well, and I, I think she would look at it because she comes from uh, a, a literary background, and a lot of her friends, especially during university, were all. In, in the theater and and yeah. uh, when you when you have something like that it's you know I don't know how that person's going to take it because when you're watching something your environment affects how you react to it. You could make your spouse very paranoid, though, by watching that yeah, that's movie. that's what I was just going to say. Comments. We need wow. to watch this movie. It's really huh? interesting. Don't you think they're really cool people? It's really interesting that they, they're probably still really happy at home despite doing this. Don't you think that if his wife found out, she'd be really forgiving? <laughs> <laughs> she'd look at you and go, you're not fucking Alan Alda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not fucking Alan Alda. I would forgive But Alan I want to fuck Alan Alda. Hawkeye? 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. I love the Hawkeye. So what else was on your uh, um, that was That probably went to the top. That went to the yeah. top of the list about 30 minutes into it. I was yeah. just I was blown away. I couldn't stop watching it. it was what year amazing. was that movie made? 1978. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I don't remember... Me, that's one of those movies where when I hear the title, I think that was like one of those staple movies of HBO back when I was a kid. It was like, that seemed to be on every week. Same time next year? Yeah, it was a constant. It was always I on. I never it. watched it. I, I never, never watched it. Well, as a kid, too, you would I know. That I know. would be so boring as a kid. Oh, I loved oh, MASH, though, and I loved Alan Alda. Oh, I fucking hated MASH but, so much. When I was a kid, I hated <laughs> MASH, and then I've seen it later. And it's I good. love the movie. Don't get me the wrong. The movie is awesome. No, but it's good now. I, I hated MASH when I was a kid, yeah, but I enjoy watching it now. Yeah, I'm would. i sure I would enjoy it because of the content and what it's about is is some not something kids can uh, f- understand really yeah. i mean they don't they don't they don't have that concept and it was so smartly written it's so yeah. ad- adultly written yeah and there was silly stuff in it so kids could watch it i suppose but it clicked i, with I always me. enjoyed the movie it but. clicked with me at a young age i remember watching it with my parents this was yeah. way back when they were still married so that would have been before third grade and before for me i remember watching the show and it just clicked i loved yeah. it i constantly yeah. watched it but um yeah, there's a lot of stuff in that. Well, in that I was show. a stupid kid, okay? God. Well, no, 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 no. There's a lot of stuff in that show. If you get around the military stuff and the war stuff, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like for, but that's if, just if the setting, and that's that's yeah, so, yeah, it makes yeah. it very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one of the best episodes was where they they had a dog. They had found a stray dog. They found a stray dog, and they were they were taking care of it through the episode, and it gets hit by a jeep and killed. And uh, they we have not run over the, a dog yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was. I don't think it was you. This was back in the seventies. Um, it was, and the characters have a complete breakdown. And we did run over your newspaper. It is trashed. Oh man, I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> but they they have a total breakdown about this dog, and then it's like the contrast of okay, there's people getting killed left and right in this war, and they're having a breakdown over this dog. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters actually has a little monologue at the end about you know that we're, we're right in the middle of all this death and destruction. Why are we so upset about this stupid dog? And it's it's weird. It's like one of those. It, it's um, it's very moving. Actually, that whole episode. It's been one, that was one of my favorite episodes. But that was the kind of stuff that I I I got into it for. Like all the all the stuff about the Korean War and all the surgical. As I didn't give a shit about any of that. It was like it was the interesting uh, storytelling that that clicked with me. No, and that that's what that show's about. Yeah, it's probably why I like Dukes of Hazard better. <laughs> nice, very nice. Uh, number two on my list for uh, if I'm going from best to worst, um, Pontypool. Does anyone watch that? Oh, I have friends recommending that to me. It's um, it's basically an hour and a half uh, Twilight Zone episode. It's freaking amazing. Is it? It is really, 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 really good. Okay, and it really reminded me of, and I had to think about it after the fact, and and I. The acting is amazing, and uh, there's it's another one of those movies with there's only really three or four people in the movie, yeah. and it takes place in one place. Yeah, and it's it, but it takes place in a radio station uh, underneath a church, like in Ottawa somewhere or Ontario, mm-hmm. and uh, there uh, you know and things are happening around them, and they can't really leave because things are happening around them, and uh, they're trying to figure out what's happening while reporting it. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to tell you any much more about it. Just just sit down and watch it. It is 
it is amazing. Well, you're it's, you're now one more person on my list of friends who have uh, recommended that. Movie, so to, it is. It's it's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. It really reminded me of like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. Yeah. It, it, I don't just, know if it's the name of the the movie or something, but every time I sit down and I see it, it's in my Netflix queue. Mm-hmm. But every time I see it, I look at it and go, eh, "It's kind of billed it. as a, a a zombie flick, and it's it is, but it isn't. It's not really a zombie okay. flick. Yeah. Because uh, it's not like people are, you know." dead and trying to eat people it's not really a zombie flick it's right. it but it's it, it is really good yeah it is okay. really good I'll a wonderful uh, uh commentary uh, not only for uh you know canada's culture but mm-hmm. uh you know also the worldwide kind of culture it's it amazing amazing movie with uh some great actors yeah okay um awesome. uh number three on my list i finally watched chronos i had never seen chronos before chronos what's that uh guillermo del toro's first movie oh it was kind of a cult hit back in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, it was, came out in uh, I think nineteen ninety one, one, two, yeah, ninety one yeah. or ninety two. I, I can't. Remember. Heard of it. Um, it's a uh, it's a play on vampirism, and uh, it's absolutely amazing and it's beautiful. And and uh, I ended up watching interviews uh, with him and and uh, um, uh, the American guy in it. What's his name? God, Hellboy. Jesus Christ. Oh, um, yeah. One. The Beauty and the Beast guy. Yeah. Um, Beauty and the Beast guy. What the fuck? Is I think of him as God the uh, Sons of Anarchy guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Hellboy. Please, he's an actor, man. And uh, he oh. talked about this movie, and he was like, "Why does this guy want to hire me?" And uh, he took him down and made a Mexican movie with uh, uh, this this uh, American gentleman whose name is on the tip of my damn brain. I- I'm doing the intern role at the moment. You're, I'll look it up. Well, somebody's got to. The intern's not going to do it. <laughs> Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess Ron Perlman just got this letter and a phone call from Guillermo. Yeah. And uh, he, okay, I'll do it. He got down and he, he said, uh, you know, I don't really speak Spanish. And every time, every time there was a problem, Guillermo del Toro went, let's go eat. <laughs> Every time. So uh, and, uh, apparently he was trying to practice his lines in Spanish, and he came to Guillermo in his office and do it. Okay, here it is, and he just did this whole like speech, one of his speeches that he was supposed to make in Spanish. Yeah. And Guillermo just sat there and smiled, and he went, "What do you think?" And he goes, "That was terrible. Let's go eat." <laughs> but uh, you know, and Ron Perlman says, hey, "No, it was a great experience." And, and uh, of course, you know, it was it was his uh, you know first movie, uh, Guillermo's first movie. So Guillermo's, yeah, I love the movie, but you know, there's so many problems I I see with it, and you know, but I love little parts of it. And I'm gonna, it's one of those uh, movies where uh, I don't know, I don't want to give it away because it's it is a movie that you probably should watch and just uh, just soak it up. Um, it's in Spanish and in English, yeah. uh, mostly in Spanish. Um, I, de- I demand you cleanse your palate before drinking that. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're going to have to clean, cleanse our palate. I'll, uh, it smells, it, I'm oh. sure it's delicious. But, um, no, Kronos, go out and watch it. That's definitely a four-star film. But uh, just a beautiful take on the uh, kind of vampirism and... And uh, he twisted the history a little bit, and it was it was very good. Uh-oh, somebody on their way? Yep. All right. <laughs> but I will move on. Entering the Void, I already talked about. That would be uh, number four on my list, going down. And then finally, Searching for General Tso. I thought it was a, a, a very cool documentary. And, and it's funny because I had listened to a, a couple of lectures on China 
um, last year. And I'm like, yeah, General Tso was a real person. I, I knew that. I had no idea. <laughs> I knew it. He was no a real idea. person. And I'm like, yeah, he's the hero of like Hunan or someplace around yeah. that, in that, somewhere in that province. He was a really big hero because he, he put down a rebellion. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and well, I, also, thought, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, these people were like, is he, was he a real person? Was he not a real person? And I kept thinking, yeah, I think he is a real person. Yeah. And finally they went to Hunan and yeah, he was a real person. There's a big statue still and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. But it was funny to find out that uh, the, the guy who invented it is, is living in Taipei and Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not in China, by the way, in, in t- Taiwan. That's but a, It's a great, I mean, the, the, the whole documentary, I came away from it feeling like I understood absolutely. a lot of little you know especially the part about the uh, about how food you know moves around certain certain well i think i think one thing that we have within the states and they do have it a little bit in canada is is we we really have an opportunity to become something greater and more interesting and and that's where a lot of our food comes from yes we yeah. may not have our own original food like tacos are original food kind of mm-hmm. um but uh uh that uh, was a bad choice but um because it's so american as well but um our food comes from not only the people that were already had dominated this continent and this this country but also uh, the people that have come in to join us yeah or us i say us i trust me my ancestors just got here like some odd years ago but um i i love the fact that uh you know the uh, all immigrants whatever country they're going to they're really trying to integrate in a way that uh, is amicable to the people around them. Yeah. And I know, I know in with uh, at least Mexican foods a lot different because it was already here. <laughs> so um, that was already American food, if you want to call it. And uh, this is kind of one of those foods like uh, Indian food or, or any other that uh, we're able to uh, kind of yeah, come that, in from the inside out. For me, the, his- really- the historical part of it about, you know, about the immigrants coming here and wanting to, and trying to figure out how to fit in. You know, and taking Absolutely. their taking the the until some white dudes make laws about them. Not oh yeah, that part doing of it whatever too. we was, wanted to, and then it lasted yeah. until the forties. Yeah, that that's was a little bit of a up surprise. I didn't know that. I didn't know some of the stuff that they were. What, what are you guys about. talking about? Just some of the laws that were in place to keep uh, Asians in place, make sure mm-hmm. they knew their basically. Place in you could do anything you want to Asians, and you would there would be no repercussions. Yeah, so you could attack and beat up some Asians, steal all their shit. You have the law will do nothing. What? Yeah, some of the some of the laws. This is that news were, to me. Yeah, this was enacted in the um, late eighteen hundreds. I had heard I had heard uh, because the laws, but I didn't know what they. I didn't know the details yeah, of the, them. The, I'd it, heard those before. But yeah, it was it was enacted in the late eighteen hundreds because uh, the, um, they had come over, of course, like everyone else, for the gold rush, uh, um, and uh, people. You know how white folks are. Maybe I mean, that's why they, the, they were basically aliens. I mean, considering how Western uh, uh, the United States. I mean, Germans and and uh, anybody from the, the Europe would have been fine. These guys were wearing outfits that were completely uh, not only foreign but alien. They were eating with sticks, which was completely alien to you know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Even even the the Mexicans. I mean, they're uh, it doesn't matter. They were that alien and and. So to try to fit in, they, they and to try to make a living, they did uh, many other things. Whether it was you know the, the laundries took off and and the restaurants took off, so they railroad and it and at some and yeah they helped build the railroad as well. And then at some point, they uh, um, people in San Francisco got really fed up and uh, you know angry and this that and the other and 
made horrible laws against oh, dang people. Dang it. I'm mad, I'm mad about it right now. I know. And this <laughs> happened a uh, hundred and some odd years ago. So, And was still enacted in the 40s until well, the, the, uh, World War II when the Japanese attacked. China became our allies. And yeah. so they got rid of the law. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, that's the, the only reason. The very cool thing about the documentary is, is despite that, and not to try to put like a, a layer of, of, you know, like the silver lining on the dark cloud here, but it is interesting to listen to some of the older people talk. Oh, I the, love that the, lady. The, I know the, the attitude awesome. of it doesn't matter. I just did what I needed to do, and if mm-hmm. people wanted to have laws that were keeping me, you know, it was like it was kind of it was a little bit inspiring to hear somebody just say whatever. I just kept doing what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know. Because you have was, to. They yeah, have oh, to. No, I know. And uh, you know that doesn't. Yeah. I'm not trying to justify it or make it. You know, make it sound. No, like but it, um, I, it makes I mean, them she, the better person. Wasn't she the you one know what that I mean? talked about? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't she the one that talked about like she had one? She of She was the one from the '60s that uh, really uh, wanted uh, to have a more authentic uh, yeah. cuisine. So oh, she yeah. made all the dishes from her yeah. childhood. But she had. Didn't but she uh, have... in the beginning, no one would give her money. No one would rent to her. Right. No one would, and this is the, uh, what, I think early 60s. It was yeah. like, uh, yeah, it was 62, I think, when she said she was doing it. Yeah. No one would give her money. No one would rent to her. Um, uh, restaurant companies wouldn't sell anything to her. Right. Because, um, uh, first of all, she's a woman. Second of all, she's Chinese. And so, what, it wasn't she it the was, one that had, like, part of her, I know there was a story in there about somebody's restaurant getting burned down because people had uh, that. No, that was, a, um, that was actually even more recent. Oh. Um, that was the one guy from the uh, 70s that went to... Uh, uh, Arizona. He went to some place in Arizona, small town in Arizona. In Arizona, <laughs> they, yes. that, something like that would happen in Arizona. I know. And they blew up his fucking restaurant because they oh. didn't want him there. You guys and are making. He still opened it, and they've been making money for the last forty some odd years. Yeah. You guys are making me real scared to go to Utah. <laughs> Why do you have to go to Utah? So I'm going to the Ford uh, Driving School for a day in October. The what? The Ford Driving School. Octane Academy. What is that all about? You're going to learn to Tokyo Drift or something? I'm going to learn to Tokyo Drift. Nice. I already know how to Tokyo Drift, but I'll learn the proper way to Tokyo Drift. You'll learn the proper way to... Uh, um... Scare the shit out of everybody in my car. Yes, but if you're driving properly, it shouldn't scare the shit out of them. Right. I'll, I'll uh-huh. say, so you're going to learn to not scare the shit out of people while driving. I'll have a certificate car. at the end of it. I'm going to lacquer it onto the dashboard so and everybody knows I'm a professional. <laughs> this is in Utah. Huh? Well, you know, you got to go someplace you... where there's lots of land where, for cheap. Where at in Utah? Uh, outside of Salt Lake City, uh, awesome. to- 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 they have some breweries there, you know. Yeah, you're you, going, you can come hold, along. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to Utah, yeah, to learn how to drive safely. No. Am I following this? To drive correctly? fastly. Oh, to drive fastly. It's track driving school. It's not road driving oh, school. It's oh, track I completely. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were going there to learn how to drive safely, and I'm like, what the fuck? God is damn it! That? Are you gonna start racing? Am I supposed to have to start going to races for you? Maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. So Could why, I be part why of a pit crew? Because I've always wanted, wanted yeah, to say that yeah. I'm part of a pit crew. <laughs> <laughs> In Utah, your pit crew can be all your wives. <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo! laughs> so. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> damn it! That was funny. So. Um, why are you doing that? I mean, what's the ultimate goal with that? Um, well, as as an owner of uh, an ST product from Ford, uh, uh, you know, you could get the Focus ST or the Fiesta ST as one of the little perks for buying a race car is they will send you to a day of track school for free. Weird. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. So they're kind of encouraging their customers to. Speed. Well, I mean, if, you, if if you're already buying this car, you're buying it for a reason, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't. You don't. You know, I, I, yesterday I, I seen my fifth Fiesta ST in the wild, like in live. So there's not a lot yeah. of them floating around. Yeah. So you know, if you're buying the car, you know, you're going. You know, it's a certain person that buys the car, so they figure, why not throw a track day at them? So well, there was. I I meant to tell you this too. The the fact that that car doesn't seem to be very well. I don't know if it's not very well known or people don't know much about about them i mean i didn't know a thing about them prior to you buying one and we had a guy in here repairing our our heating system out in the garage one few months ago and i showed him a picture of your car because he started talking about how he's oh i love buying cool cars yeah. and i love checking out cool cars and i showed him yeah i said well i have a friend who's really really happy with his car and i showed it to him and he kind of looked at it and he goes he goes that's a go-kart <laughs> and i was like uh, i'm gonna tell him that i don't think he's gonna appreciate yeah. it but um, I don't think he didn't seem like he knew what your what your car was. Yeah, well, it's 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 a car that they use uh, on the World R- Rally Racing Challenge. I've uh, always wanted to do okay. that. It's one of the races I think would be so much fun is that that off road rally, right? So much, fun. Uh, you know, depending on the level of of that World Need Rally Racing, you know, some of them have like the higher end. They've got a, a little bit bigger engine and their four wheel drive, yeah. so it's not exactly that car. But like on the lower levels, the B spec, then you start getting into where my car's at. Yeah. So yeah. So why why is it such a why does it seem like so few people know anything about it? Yeah, I think if anybody who's like really into like cars and like stays they, there are people who are car enthusiasts, right? But they yeah. like a certain breed of car. They like oh I like classics or I like muscle cars. But if you're like into cars, cars mm-hmm. you you know about the Fiesta. Okay, well that's why I didn't it, know the, about the, it. the Fiesta was like the the number one like more journalists more automotive journalists had bought a Fiesta ST than any other car in history. Hmm. Just because everybody loved it, because it's a fantastic car. It's a fun ride. You know, it's just funny because I was talking to my wife about it when I when I bought it. It was kind of a compromise. It wasn't necessarily the car I wanted. I was just like, I hear this is a really good car, but you know, I'd rather ha- I w- would have rather had the Camaro or a Mustang or a Challenger. You know, I wanted the big muscle car. Yeah. So the Fiesta with its excellent gas mileage was was an absolute compromise. I got it because I thought, well, it's good enough. See, know? that's the that's the kind of cars that the repair guy was talking about. So I think when he saw the picture of your car, the I, I pulled up that picture you put on Facebook. I was like, I think he kind of like looked at it and said, "You know, you know, oh, some sure of those cars it. in a straight line they might beat me, but you know, anything with a curve, the car that can exit the curve fastest is going to win." And yeah. I've gone head to head with a with a uh, Camaro uh, six uh, V six mm-hmm. in the dust, not even so close. So you're getting a paid for. Um, He's getting a race car training. lesson awesome. on how to how to race. Yeah. That's bizarre, and that That's was part awesome. of the. Yeah, I, I would totally do it in New York. Oh, I, I think I, I don't would blame too. you for I think doing it. I would it. too, but it's um, it's just well, I can weird bring to me. one guest along if anybody wants to go. You don't get to drive the Fiestas, but they'll put you in a fifty mile an hour go kart. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> what is this? I'm going October sixteenth. Which? Uh, how much are your plane tickets? Uh, two fifty. Oh Jesus Christ! Is mm. nothing cheaper than that? Yeah. I must be something cheaper than that. Yeah. Mm. If somebody else was going, I might even consider driving it. Ooh, that might be fun. We could take three or four days to do that. <laughs> no, it's 14 hours. It's one day. Yeah, but you don't want to drive down and then drive back the next day. You want to drive down. Yeah, no, and oh, have oh, a day no. of rest. Yeah. We find if the he, brewery that we yeah, need to go yeah. to. If he drove down, it would be 14 hours there and five hours yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it would be 10 hours down yeah. and five yeah. hours back. Yeah, we have to adjust for Mike's. Uh, we have to adjust for Mike's... Uh, Speedy deliciousness. <laughs> well, if, if anybody uh, wants you know to go, what? you yeah. let me know. Um, let me know. Uh, give me some dates, and I'll see what I can work out. Mm-hmm. You ever gotten if a you speeding? Want, we can drive. You ever gotten a speeding ticket? Once. Once. I don't speed. 
I don't. Oh, bullshit. I almost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was man. doing 60 and a 45, it. like Country Roads coming home from D&D one night. Yeah. It's the only speeding ticket I've ever gotten. Wow. Oh, back on, like out in, in the, the county? county? Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. I would think if you're going to get away with it, that would be the place to no, get I away with speed. it. I don't speed. I ways. Yeah. Not necessarily. I've never gotten a speeding ticket, and I'm not a saint when it comes to to speed limit. Now you know, I, I, you realistically, you know, you guys are looking at me. I'll speed to pass. I might go 100, but once I'm done passing, I'll bring it back down to 80. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in his mind, is not speeding. By the way, Black uh, Raven, kudos. Yeah, this is we've good stuff. Uh, so we've actually done two pictures of Black Raven on. Uh, on, uh, which I wanted to do another. This one, is the real this deal. Picture. This this beer it's is amazing. It's the uh, kitty cat blue. This is like L. the first four and a half. Five, you know, the last one they had was a four and a half five for me. This one is a four and a half five easily. This is oh yeah. This is definitely a four four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just you know, I, I cracked open the bottle and started smelling it. I was like, holy cow! You can smell the blueberries in there, <laughs> and it you know it doesn't taste syrupy or anything. God, it's... <laughs> it is amazing. Little little commentary about the last beer that we had, huh? <laughs> it doesn't taste like soda pop. <laughs> oh, it does. It did. This will taste like soda pop. But this this is just uh, oh, it's good stuff. I wouldn't rate it as highly as you did, but I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. It was almost as cool as I was in my kid's bedroom the other day, and this is bringing it back to Reagan again and our our this this country's nonchalance towards money. Yeah, but uh, I was in my kid's bedroom the other day, yeah. and I'm walking around. It also goes back to gambling and the dollars that that Jeff won. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around, and I I look Jeff won. Yeah, it's at your uh, your poker game. Your pennies, oh, my pennies. Yeah, your dollars. <laughs> I'm walking around and I see a, a crumpled one dollar bill on the ground. I go, that bill has been sitting there for months. And then I look around. There's a five crumpled up sitting on the ground. Where was this? In my kid's bedroom. And there's money all over the place, just kind of crumpled <laughs> up and <thrown> around, <laughs> like it's of no importance. Yeah. And I was about to get angry about it. And then I walked into my bedroom and I looked, and and sitting on the dresser was some crumpled up bills. <laughs> I thought, what the fuck has this world come to? Where you know, you can not crumple the world. Not you, the world. You, you can yeah. crumple a one or a five and throw it on the floor like it's like it's change. You know, like back shit, in the my day, my daughter hoards that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, it used to be. You, you, you know, if I had like a, like a five man, I thought I had the world in my pocket. I was like, I can yeah. do anything oh, yeah. I want with this five. I still remember to this day walking home from a friend's house after I'd done a sleepover. It was early in the morning, and it's such a dumb story, but it's still like really impressive to me. I'm walking along about halfway home, and I'm looking down, and there's a twenty dollar bill on the ground. I was like. Oh my the potential. god! It's like the light shone down from heaven at that point. I could hear the angels <laughs> singing, and it was like, oh, "It's a 20. And I just remember I picking up, looking around, going, "There's nobody out here. Nobody's awake. This is mine." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, whenever we got a couple of dollars, man, we we made that. We go right down to the corner market and get 100 pieces of candy. One hundred. Penny you candy, count that man. shit out. Candy. You get 100 pieces. So we had 200 pieces of candy. That was a checker, that, oh that, was a checker that hated you. If we had a five, what do you mean it was a checker that hated us? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm picturing Jeff's poker story now with him walking into a candy store with all the pennies. <laughs> yeah. One How much? piece, two piece, <laughs> three piece, four piece. It, you, well, today it's even more interesting, right? Because they got to scan every piece. Like every grocery store's got the little scanner. So oh every God. piece is like, boop, oh no, this is like bolts. This is like bolts. <laughs> 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 
That would be hilarious. Oh, that would be awesome. Be awesome. <laughs> so funny. Nice. But going back to General <laughs> Toes, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wonderful film. Definitely watch it. It was fun, interesting, a little insight into uh, our culture here in the United States and um, yeah. how we got to where we are and, and how much we do really do love uh, American food. It is, it's an American food, mm-hmm. like tacos and, and, and Tex-Mex and, and, and Mexican restaurants around here. Those are, those are American. It's all American food. Yeah. Just like uh, Chinese food here in the states, it's all American food. Mm-hmm. I love the American part. Of, I love the part the of that because love... they've been here long enough to where they should be called and have always been American. I love the part of the documentary where they took uh, fortune cookies over to China and handed them out. Oh, that was hilarious! The guy took them. a bite. And, like, I know he's like, what? Out of his... "What is this?" <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> No, it was wonderful. I loved all the uh, scenes they did in China. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that was. They got, they got to go there and talk to people and. Wait, oh, well, hold on. So, what, why are we bringing up the crumpled money anyway? Was that just a just it your was just, observation about? The... It was just an observation about how much we don't care about money. Oh. anymore. Well, I Jeff made a comment about his daughter hoarding it, and it's like that's Mason's like that man. He's like he gets money and just keeps it. And like right now, he's got like a shitload of cash. <laughs> it's like. What are you doing with it? I'm just going to hold on to it. Yeah, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe in that holding on to it, it's not caring about it, right? Because he's yeah. not doing anything with it. Yeah. You know, he, his his idea is to the importance to it is to hold on to it. It's not the actual value of the money itself. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's the holding yeah. on to the physical pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So that that in the same way is is a devaluation of money. One thing my daughter does have is goals. Like she knows what she wants and she knows how much it is. So oh. she's going to try to collect as much money to get. And I think that. I think I think that would be a little bit more towards appreciating the money. Like if yeah. you had a goal and what to do with the money and you were saving towards mm-hmm. something, not just hoarding it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, last weekend we were out on finishing the tap trail with you, and I bought twenty dollar nachos, and I was, you know, <laughs> I, I regretted I, eating those nachos I, about five or six hours nachos? later. We, we, terrible. We were at the bounty bounty boundary bay leg of the 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 remainder oh, of the tour. Okay, and uh, we were hungry, wanted a snack, so I thought, oh, I seen a plate of nachos go by. I'll just order some nachos. So I went mm-hmm. up and I said, oh, well, who? I didn't ask how much the nachos were before ordering them. I ordered a beer and a nachos, and the guy comes back and they go, "That'll be twenty-seven dollars." Mm. And wow. it took me five paces, and he takes my card. And I went, "What? Wait a minute! I ordered a beer and nachos." I said, "Welcome how, to Boundary Bay." <laughs> how much was my beer? And I look, and it was six dollars. And I go, "Wait a minute! Nachos is well, fucking nachos." What's the beer was good? Yeah. I better been good. Um, how much? I don't I mean Did to cut you off. Dishes. I don't mean to cut you off. But was was there something special about these nachos that justified the twenty bucks? Uh, you know what? Uh, if you let me tell you about the twenty dollar nachos. Okay. So we ordered the twenty dollar nachos, and much to my chagrin, and much to you know, if I had listened to the intern who complained about how fast boundary was, forty <laughs> minutes later, our not our twenty dollar nachos come out. Oh my god! I figured in ordering the nachos, it'd be something we'd get a little bit faster. No. Yeah. So the nachos come out, and it's this huge plate. No, it's a normal size plate. Um, yeah, it's maybe uh, a quarter bigger than a normal nachos at like a Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing special. There's meat, 
no sour vegetables. cream, guacamole, some vegetables. That wasn't on even there. guacamole. It was that just is mashed up. Uh, that's aimed at it's people drinking. I bet you know people who aren't going to think twice about twenty dollars. Wait, you know, they everybody isn't everybody going to think about? You know, I didn't think about it when I ordered because oh, I, I, I didn't I, know they were twenty bucks. If I had a menu in front of me, I would have never ordered twenty dollar menus. Yeah, I'm sorry, but even the 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 nonchalance out of the uh, fucking staff, those people were just yeah. like eh, whatever. That's oh, yeah, crazy. That's, that. that's crazy. Uh-huh. Deanne and I, during the when we went to the Rush concert a couple weeks ago, the morning after, we we were looking for a place to go to breakfast. And I thought, you know, this is like a rare opportunity when we are doing something special somewhere else without the kids. I thought, let's find something special. And so we start looking through all the restaurants and stuff that we go find, go get breakfast. And I found this place called Lola, which is Tom Douglas. Oh, Douglas's. my God. I was so jealous that you got to go there. I know. And, and I, I pointed that out. I said, this Who's sounds Tom interesting. Douglas? Tom Douglas is a, is a this chef in if Seattle. If you're into food and, and like a kind of a foodie. <laughs> We're all he's, he, he is the well, biggest he's, he is he's, the biggest chef name in Seattle easily. Oh, yeah. He's been around for decades. And so I, I I didn't even realize what it was. I pointed out I said, What about this place called Lola? They serve breakfast and she's like, well, you you want to go to Lola? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess. What is and I'm picturing something like Arliss, like downtown Bellingham, like a little diner type breakfast place. And she says, Let's go there. <laughs> no, <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a walk. And we get there and we go in and it's a a beautiful little place, right? Walk in Fantastic service, great atmosphere, everything that just even smells good. You know, we sit down and we open up the menu, and I see like the the kind of basic breakfast is nineteen bucks. I was like, a deal, wow, a deal. I don't that's, mind. That's I don't me. mind spending oh, money. Oh no, on good no, food. no. Yeah. I, I had a moment of holy shit. But those nachos were not worth twenty bucks. Oh. But the breakfast they brought us was like I would have paid forty bucks for the damn Easy. thing. It was I I couldn't believe it. You know, I came on a Little normal size plate, not not that much. It didn't look like much, but I took like the first bite of it and I was like, "Holy crap! What are we eating?" And Deanne's like going the whole time. She's going, "Wow!" And we there was wow. like toast. There was like uh, that he owns a bakery across the street. Dahlia. They had toast. Dahlia. Yeah, yeah. They had toast on the plate that was fresh. Jesus Christ, I'm salivating thinking about that fucking breakfast right now. Um, but and Can the, I get the, another waffle? The waitress, <laughs> the waitress had offered us some uh, apricot jam, and we turned it down. Fuck And you. we're eating. Yeah, I know, I know. And that's what I was like, oh, my God, we turned that down. And so she walked by, and, and immediately Dan's like, can we get some of the apricot jam? And she's going, sure. And she brings it. And I, I swear, 20 bucks. I, I, after we were done eating that, I thought, Jesus Christ, man, that was like the best. Twenty bucks I ever spent on breakfast, and, and see, it was amazing. Listening to your story, you know, goes back. I don't mind spending money on food. I've been trying to get you guys to go down to Palace Kitchen with me. Another Tom Douglas. Oh, I love Palace Seattle. Kitchen. I've been there. Oh, Where yeah. is that? Yeah. Is that in Seattle? Also? Yeah. Palace Kitchen is his, great. His, his restaurants yeah. are all in the same two block area. You know, he's got the bakery. Yeah, he had. Lola, a, there was like another. The there was like kitchen. a pizza place. Like right, uh, I could see the bakery across the street from Lola, and then right up the. I was looking at it. I was going, God, that's like another one because Deanne mentioned it. It's easy, well, it's easier to manage that way, right? Like if yeah. you're going to have a person touch on your restaurants have them all uh, on the same rick bayless does the same thing in chicago all of his restaurants are in the same block Ooh, god i want to go to his restaurants you, you yeah you can manage it much more easy so that I. way then you get that personal touch of the chef being there yeah and yeah i mean i don't mind spending money on food i have frequently regularly will walk out of a place with a hundred dollar tab for food i'm not talking even booze yeah i don't mind it but when i spend twenty dollars on nachos that's what and and i can tell the chips came out of that costco organic bag (laughs) 
Go fuck yourself. For but, $20 nachos, I want you to make you th- make the fucking chips. But they Is heated it that them hard? Up. It's they not. heated them up for you, Mike. Come on. It's a fucking slap in my face. <laughs> no, they were... They, it was nothing. You that know, and is, it says everything crazy. about Boundary Bay beer. They don't give a fuck, man. They've got a name for themselves. All they're going to do is keep producing. Yeah. yeah. They're not pushing any envelopes. They're going to ride that name, and they're going to take advantage of it the whole time. Yeah, it, it really f- did feel kind of uh, very corporate. Yeah. And th- that place has always felt like that. We've so. only gone there once for dinner, and we were – or lunch, actually, and we were very underwhelmed. I mean, you don't, you don't serve very $20 not – you know what? If you're serving $20 nachos, make it an experience that the people are going to enjoy. Make yeah. them want to order yeah. the $20 nachos again. Yeah. I bet you nobody orders $20 nachos a second time. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> But then again, there's a lot of douche canoes around. Well, here. no, I was going to say there's probably plenty of people who order it, you know, a second time around. There's a, I think slap in the face, yeah. man, insulting. So I, it, yeah, I would, I would be pissed about that. I would be extremely pissed. We, but we um, did meet a potential new listener there. Oh, really? We had somebody come up. <laughs> Absolutely, we didn't get his name, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and if you're if you actually are listening, go ahead and send us an email so we know you. Yeah, the, yeah. you know, hold us on Friendface or Instagram or something. You know what? And and you know, he was he had a transplant from California, but he had moved into Vancouver, so they'd come down really frequently. And he said, "Yeah, we always just come to Boundary." I go, dude, there is so oh, much more beer no. in Bellingham than Boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the big name. They are the big name of, of this area. Yeah, and that he sucks, needs to, he man. really needed to to branch out, and we we threw him at uh, Wander and Colshan. And, there is yeah, there is no love know. at Boundary. I'm sorry. No, no. There's no passion. There's no love. It just seems very bland, and and uh, we're in it for the cash. Well, I mean, ours, especially with twenty dollar fucking nachos, they are in it for the fucking cash. Yeah. yeah. Now, now on the flip side, if you don't mind, on the yeah, flip side, the green frog. Yeah. My God, that sandwich. And I had the brisket, yeah. and it was nine dollars for a brisket. And it was filling. It was delicious. It was amazing. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I've, so I've walked past the outside of that place several times, and just I look Frog at it. Might be my new favorite place. Yeah, in Bellingham. It, it's oh, definitely really? my new favorite place. Yeah. I, it, it Let's looks, go there now. It looks interesting to me every time I, you know, every time I walk past it. But I just never. It's it's very un. It doesn't like the outside of it doesn't invite you in. It's like not screaming to you to come on in. You it, doesn't, know? It's like, it, does, it's, it doesn't want you unless you want it. <laughs> Something like, like that. Yeah. Like the opposite. Obviously, of uh, the the whoever the owner is, they open it up because they love their love for uh, a friend. style of music, and uh, obviously they have like a bluegrass and folk. I'm actually Facebook of... friends with the owner. Oh yeah, yeah. right on. You need cool. we need to get him on the podcast. We need to head to his place, and I want some more of that fucking brisket. They um <laughs> you, their outside area is really nice. It has large picnic tables. And they they're already barbecuing out there. They got the nice big you yeah. know, smoky barbecue goddamn thing, and they got a bar out there and everything. And wow! And then you go down it's into the, the 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 bar proper, and um, the, they have all the beers on tap there, and they have a really good selection of beer. A lot and, more going uh, on there than it looks like from the uh, outside. It, there is, and I've I've had more than one person, usually around our age, telling me you need to go to the Green Frog. It's so awesome. You need okay. to go to the Green there Frog. Is, there is there's so much love coming out of oh, that, place. that place. Yeah, out. yeah. Definitely. You know the tap the tap menu is really good. The food is fantastic. Yeah. And reasonably priced. There is no twenty dollars fucking nachos. Yeah. I spent. He spent twenty dollars on nachos. I spent sixteen dollars on two beers, a fantastic fucking sandwich at that place. Mm-hmm. And I spent, uh, I think, eighteen dollars. I got uh, um, one beer, brisket. Mm-hmm. Where can you find brisket for nine dollars? Yeah. And then I got those jalapeno poppers, which were amazing. Which I'll never eat again because they hurt tremendously <laughs> later. But uh, God, they were amazing. They were so good. Just to clarify, it was the dairy product on it. It was not the dairy the product, oh, not the. Not the oh, I had the one, and it was the pepper that got me. You got the pepper in. I would, got the. That was the last time we had pretzels here, and Deanne made that jalapeno dip, and I ate tons of it. I was like, like 
shooting flames out of the rear exhaust for. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't have a that. problem with shooting flames. It's just uh, I would rather them be solid flames <laughs> um, instead of pure and utter liquid pain. I was just let's just say um, roiling through some, my guts. There were some tears on the on the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, there was more more than one use for the toilet paper at your side. You know, I hate to say it, but tears on the toilet scene sounds the toilet seat. It's, sounds it's like a country sound, song. Sounds like a country song and and the end of this episode. Tears on the toilet seat. That might be the title. So, all right. <laughs> Just as a footnote, my last two movies that I watched this week were Mission Impossible 1 and 2 because Mission Impossible is in the theater this weekend, and I keep hearing how awesome the series is. I watched the first two. The first one, Nostalgic Mission Impossibleness, kind of fun, gave it a three. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, John Woo, fuck you movie. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? You got Nicole here. Why don't you ask what her opinion of Mission Impossible is? I'm sure it'll be much you'd, similar to mine. You'd get, you'd get the honest opinion. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got a similar taste in movies. We do, and I, I would love to what was, sit down and what in front was of mics the, and talk with her about it. It'd be fun. So what, very briefly, what was the... I mean, uh, was Mission Impossible, it, it was just based on the old uh, Mission Impossible series. I think it came out in 1996, yeah. seven, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 98, 97. Uh, the second one came out in 2000, and... One of the one of the tropes that I'm just fucking tired of is the tough guy and the good guy that doesn't like just outright kill the fucking bad guy. This guy's a psycho. He's he's going to do anything to kill everyone in the world yeah. and make all the money he can. Yeah. And then they're they're in this fist fight on this beach, and the guy, the bad guy, of course, pulls out a knife and tries to get the good guy. The good guy takes it away and then throws the knife down. And goes, <laughs> oh, you know, it, it, oh, just stab the guy in the neck, please. I'm, I'm too good for this. Exactly. But it, it, the funny thing about like Mission Impossible Two, the 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 ridiculous thing. Okay, it, first of all. Um, you have our character from the first one, um, and he's given a mission. He has to go. Uh, he has to recruit this one woman who's a thief. Yeah, and then he gets to hire whoever he wants to to be his partners. Uh-huh. And the woman that's going to be a thief, they they fall in love after one night of knowing each other. Um, and uh, she is a major theme throughout the first act of the film. Yeah. Second act, completely forgotten. Completely forgotten. <laughs> She is just nowhere to be found in the second act of this fucking movie. Finally, in the third act, she's the most important thing in the world. Oh. Like, <laughs> guys. So the the entire movie yeah, is just to uh, make Tom Cruise look awesome and have fancy, say. awesome action scenes. That's was, all it is. And it say. is the most... I actually had to take it off the TV, yeah. put it on the one of my monitors on my computer and play video games on the other side so I could yeah. finish the movie because there was See, no way I was going to be just concentrating on this one thing because I just, I, uh, it made my asshole clinch. That's what biases me against Tom Cruise movies in general is they always seem geared to making him look awesome. Well, yeah, of course. He's Tom Cruise. Yeah, but you know, he I, is awesome. I look, at, I look at really amazing, like I think the name, I think the actor's name is Stanley Tucci. Oh, Stanley Tucci's awesome. Yeah, he plays, He'll do anything. <laughs> he plays... I've seen movies where he plays absolute degenerate creeps. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like... But then there's movies where he plays like... Like, like a beautiful, guy. heartfelt, you know, yeah. emotional, wonderful human being. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he does parts... He'll he do does, anything. He he's does, a great actor. He does roles because he wants to do good acting, not because he's... he's it's also a job. He's, he's one of those actors yeah. where I really think it's a job. He was, he's in, yeah. been in everything from Devil Wears Prada to... To uh, some of the worst kids' movies possible, to <laughs> to some of the most beautiful movies, um, yeah. and he's also in the the Hunger Games series. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So right, and he's he does a, a great job. He does a wonderful the, job. And, and those, and by, oh, by the way, awesome series of movies. Yeah. Don't care what anybody says. He's the he's the uh, creepy guy in uh, the Lovely Bones. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that, to me, that's a great actor. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. like I said many times on this podcast, I'm not a big fan of, of acting per se, but somebody like that really impresses me. I just don't give a shit about actors. I don't care. I'm more into the story and stuff. I don't care about. But good their acting, acting affects the story. That's oh, what, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. doesn't make sense. You don't care about the actors themselves. <laughs> you care about the acting. The actors itself. have a minimal influence on the story. But uh, as long as they're doing a good job with the that's acting, that's my fine. point. The acting is important. I, but here's uh, the difference between you guys and me: is I can't look at a movie with a shitty storyline or crappy story and great acting. I'll look at that and say that's a sucky movie and fuck that movie and I never want to see it again. Oh. You guys occasionally will say, "Oh, but the movie, the story sucked, but the acting was so good." And but exactly, like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't amazing, do that at all. Doesn't work it, for me. It is, but I, Rick needs perfection. He needs every little aspect to be. On no, point. it's not that. I just don't give a shit about actors. It's like get in there and do your job, <laughs> do your little acting thing. Tell the story, be done. I don't give a shit yeah. if if it's if it's a crappy story or badly directed. Then did I you ever spend any time in drama class? No, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> don't give a shit. No appreciation. But I will say, a guy like the uh, Stanley Tucci that we're talking about right now mm-hmm. is is somebody who stands out. When I see him mm-hmm. in a movie, he does actually start to get me a little bit. Well, one of the ridiculous things about Tom Cruise is that uh, he actually can act. That's that's the weird thing. If he, yeah. he gets into a role, he would do a great job. If he he, but he keeps just, making these. I'm not I'm not too old to be awesome. I just movies. like to see him play a total. By the way, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, fucking awesome movie. What's that? Is that the space one? It's a alien invasion one um, where he is uh, because the aliens are winning because they can manipulate time, and he is uh, um, killed with one. So he, like some of the DNA gets infused, and he's able to. Oh, I every time he one. dies, oh. he wakes up so many hours earlier, and he's able to kind of relive the same thing. It's Groundhog's Day, but alien invasion, um, <laughs> and uh, it's an awesome movie. Um, not just because of Tom Cruise, but because of all the other actors in it. But anyway, that's an interesting premise. I might watch that. Uh, it's actually based on an anime uh, mm-hmm. or a manga. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I don't want to see it now. Maybe I'd rather watch the Japanese version. Um, probably. I don't know. I think it's uh, a little separated from the Japanese version. Yeah. But uh, it's still a really good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. But now that he's gone, now we have to keep the podcast going, even though we were just right. about to end. I just want to do my final thoughts on Mission Impossible 1 and 2. One was cheesy and fun and ridiculous. And uh, John Woo, geez, go back. Go back and make good movies again. Please. Well, he's made good movies. You just got to see them. They're out there. He is, he had, I have he seen has, good John Woo movies. He has since. After that period of time where he came to America and he was supposed to have this big coming out and he was supposed to change American cinema, he has since gone back to Taiwan, uh, China, Hong Kong, and he has made good films again. He has. Okay, well, you'll have to uh, recommend some movies. That doesn't mean there's not the exploding barrel scene in them. Of course, they still have the exploding barrel. Of course, every movie... Doves. Doves and exploding barrels, but they are good movies nonetheless. And trust me, in Mission Impossible Two, there's a scene with doves. Of course, there is. Of course, there is. But uh, yeah, so there is that. Uh, that. Those were just my final thoughts on Mission Impossible One and Two. I am going to be taking a uh, hiatus from the podcast, but I will attempt to record a podcast while I am down in Mexico. I am going to attempt to uh, um, kind of involve myself, or not involve, but uh, um, um, let myself Im- immerse myself in the uh, uh, craft beer scene down in Mexico City. So oh, cool. cool. If you've still got any time left this week to watch movies before I drive you down to Seattle, you know. Try to watch uh, Fast and the Furious 3. All right, Tokyo Drift. I there will watch go. Tokyo Drift this weekend. <laughs> All right. How long are you going to be in Mexico? Three weeks. Oh, wow. Man, what a vacation. I love it. No kidding. I wish I could leave for three weeks. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, we're going to be down for three weeks. My, my wife and child, of course, are already there. But, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. You're almost Mexican by that point, right? Let's hope so. They give you a card. They Let's go, hey, so. been here for three weeks. You're no, Mexican. you just keep beating tacos. <laughs> <laughs> tacos and tortas. That's the like citizenship that. test. How many tacos have you eaten? Yeah. <laughs> no, how many tacos can you name? That's, that's, that's uh, like Americans, they're like, it's a taco. It has ground beef and cheese and stuff on it. No, no, there's, there's many different kinds of fucking tacos. <laughs> no, 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 just that. Just, just, that. just the one. Just, just the that. one. <laughs> Mike knows. Mike knows about the tacos. He's read the books. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, tacos are my thing. I love tacos. Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't love tacos? And that's been Beer Plus Three. I think so. Uh, enjoy your tacos. Yeah. Good night, Dave. Good night, Dave. Good night, Paul. <laughs> Concerned reader writes, Dear Beer Plus Three, I'm very disturbed by the way you refer to America's favorite beer as white trash roofies. I think you owe an apology to everyone who appreciates the light and fulfilling flavor of Budweiser. So, what is our response to that? So, fuck you. <laughs> That's what I thought. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Michael Zamora, and Rick Anderson. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. That dealt with like religion and, and yeah. that whole the yeah. mythology behind all that. So yeah. it, it, I, but I she, think it really did affect people. Much like Jaws within the same day. The seventies were fucking great. She told this really funny film. story though, where she's she went to see the movie, and so it was like the first time she saw it, and she was kind of she was just as shocked as most yeah. people. She's and in she it. Noticed isn't she? it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays the mom, and she gets up. Or at one point, she sees a woman get up in the audience, and she and the woman look is look, looking dazed, and gets up and starts walking to the exit, and she thought, oh my god, she's gonna pass out. So she got up and started following her, and sure enough, the woman passes out, and she runs over to her and crouches next to her and starts like trying to wake her up, and it go and it goes through her mind that she goes, "Oh my God! If she opens her eyes and sees the mom from the movie looking down at her, she's gonna die." I love Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, she's and so good. she starts yelling to people in the theater. She goes, "Can someone else please come over and help this woman?" That's oh brilliant, that brilliant be, stuff. Absolutely, that would be beyond horrifying for someone who can't even. But the original her. production actually starred. Um, Ellen Burstyn and Charles Grodin. Oh. I, I'm like, uh, but he, he, thinking back, because Ellen Burstyn really surprised me on that one, because I'm used to her being the mom or the angry yeah. grandma or whatever, yeah, and seeing hot. her young and beautiful, yeah. and I'm like, oh, yeah, she was pretty, and, and she, of course she's always been talented, but it was just kind of strange, and then I thought, uh, Charles Grodin, yeah, he was actually very handsome when he was young, and, you know, but, and he was a good actor. I mean, he kind of got into that shtick of uh, being the neurotic Charles Grodin that we all right. know. But. You know, I often wonder, though, you know, I look at some of these older actresses, right, and to me they're still hot, and I wonder if, like, younger kids see them as hot. I go, well, Probably not. Um, You're just a horned up. Probably. That's, I, that happens a lot with me, too, I'll admit that. Um, the, uh, like, maybe it's just, you know, I'm just carrying on that flame for this person just because <laughs> I remember when they were young. And, yeah. <laughs> no, some of them are still hot.
And the next generation, I mean, if you, you know, and now it's like now it's the thing to get uh, plastic surgery and stop anything from happening. Right. You know, now now the next you know the next generation of, of women actresses and stuff coming up are going to be like these uh, cryogenic. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're going to look like they're going to look like uh, um, what's her name from Brazil with the stretched face. Oh God, yeah. What is her? Uh, uh, what's her name? God, she's great. She's funny as hell. I can't remember her name to save my life. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm picturing. I know. Who you're I think one about. thing um, that the internet has brought that is a wonderful thing to uh, younger generations is when we were kids to see all the awesome stuff, we had to have somebody show us, or we had to yeah. read about it, yeah. or we had to be introduced to it. Yeah. Now people can just go on the internet, and of course, everyone's blowing up about whatever awesome movie from the 1970s, yeah. like Dog Day Afternoon. God, what an amazing film! Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. and. Uh, Whatever film it is, he shook his head. But um, but anyway, no, uh, I, I, I shook my head in agreement. Just thinking, you know, the, the now kids younger can gen- actually younger generations can go on. Oh, what's this Dog Day Afternoon? And they can go watch they, it and appreciate. it. They can be exposed to it. They can mm-hmm. live in the fanfare. See us when we were growing up. To hear about a movie like that, you had to hear about it from your parents or maybe mm-hmm. somebody who was a little bit yeah. older. Yep. But then you, you wouldn't know anything about it. And then you had to wait for it to come on TV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. TV, and then they would edit it. Or if you had H- if you were lucky enough yeah. to have HBO, you might see it at right. some point. Yeah. But they really like to have the new movies. Well, that's a, that um, documentary that I just watched a few days ago called The Winnebago Man. That's what that they start off with, talking about how he his popularity had spread before the internet and before YouTube. Really? Just literally like a network of people making v- copies. Of I haven't watched Winnebago yeah. Man. I've, I've yeah. heard about it, and I've heard it's supposed to be really good. What, probably, what exactly it is, is it about? I mean, you've probably seen the video. Somebody's probably posted it to Facebook or some point. But there's a uh, Winnebago in the mid seventies or mid eighties, maybe decided to make like some promotional um, videos of you know talk, with a guy talking about all the new models that they had, and mm-hmm. he would be walking inside them and telling. That was you kind about of the it. heyday of Winnebago. Yeah. It was the eighties. Yeah, so. yeah, and. Um, the uh, outtakes. The guy was just really freaking irritated through the whole thing, and the outtakes are hysterical. Oh yeah! And apparently, somebody on the set of this was offended and put together a tape of all the outtakes of him swearing and freaking out and stuff, and sent it to the Winnebago company and said, "This is what we had to deal with. It was an effort to get him in trouble." Somebody else on the crew saw that and thought, "That's fucking hilarious," <laughs> and started copying it off for people, and it just spread. It went out, and it's so freaking funny. I mean, the guy is just the foulest mouth. You know, he'll nice. he'll start off going, "This new Winnebago model is what the fuck are we doing with?" You know, he, like at one point, he, uh, he oh, what was the word that he used? There was some really. Fancy, <laughs> I'm going back to dinner theater. Yeah, there was some really <laughs> fancy. There was some really fancy word in the in the script, and he stopped. And he goes, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> Am I even pronouncing that correctly?" It's it is like the funniest thing, and um, I had seen it on YouTube many times. And then mm-hmm. it, the documentary is just about a guy who who's obsessed with finding out who that guy was and what the heck that was all about. And he goes on a on a quest. To Those find are the this fun guy. Those are the fun ones. Like yeah. this, uh, one of my watch was that search for General Tso. Yeah, it's just like that. It's it's a silly premise, but as he gets deeper and deeper into it, he starts finding out things about the guy and starts learning, you know, why mm-hmm. he disappeared. Because he disappears. They can't find him. Oh, the Winnebago man? Yeah. yeah. Completely disappeared off the face. He even hires a detective, and the guy's going, I, I'm stumped. We can't find him. One of the documentaries I want to watch is uh, from Draft House Cinema. Yeah. It's called A Band Called Death. Yeah. That's a good one. Is it a good one? Yeah. I mean, basically, these four black guys started kind of punk. They were punk before punk, you know, so yeah. in the early 70s. So it was uh, kind of interesting. 
at least American punk. Yeah, what I is it? Scott Mosher was yeah, one of the producers it. on that. It's, it's a good film. Yeah. And they yeah, actually got, be really good. Yeah, they got back together again, I guess, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because they kind of just disappeared and went off into the ether and then lived their own lives. And then this guy looked them up and they started to become cool. slightly popular. This is about four or five years ago when the film came out. But hmm. Interesting. But definitely, those are the kind of uh, documentaries, the, the the socio-political documentaries, where uh, it's usually a spin doctory of of whatever their opinions are of things. It yeah. drives me bloody nuts. Yeah. Let me finish those this last boring. piece of uh, this delicious waffle. <laughs> I think that's what they call it in France, Francoise. Oh, when we talk about movies, we can also uh, talk about the fact that I finally. Finally watched Conan. Oh God! What a great fucking movie! That movie holds up so well. I I swear to God, I was I was shocked too. I was afraid to watch it. I just kept thinking, "It's going to be corny. It's going to suck. The effects are going to suck. Everything's going to suck about it." And then I'm going to have to turn it off and then wish I hadn't seen it. Whoever remastered that did a wonderful job. Yeah, did an amazing job, and and it's a fucking amazing film. But it's Conan, so fuck you. (laughs) It's Conan, so fuck you. It's Conan. (laughs) Yeah. Come in, so fuck you. There's the uh, slogan. Okay. I gotta, for the I gotta movie. release my business. My business. I gotta release my business. <laughs> Have you seen my business? Well, you're about to. And I love her because she's down to fuck around with the underground pussy hound, and her ass is so big and round and wide, jacked up making a nigga ride. Smoking Indo and playing that Super Nintendo. Hear a rat-a-tat-tat on my window. Gave her ass that pelvic thrust. Don't trust the rubber because it's bound to bust. In the oven, in the nappy. I had two, so I was happy. Because that HIV will make your dick hang sideways. And that ain't cool because it's Friday. It's actually not Friday. It's Saturday. And here we go with the podcast. Episode 57, Seven, I think. Se- seven? Is it? With a Mecca Lecca high, Mecca 56, who knows? I don't know. Are we ready? I think I we are. I purposely didn't put it in the beginning of my uh, intro. So. Let's go. 